2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: Sports Rage with Gabe Morenzi. Rage all you want.
4: Level 3. This is Sports I am Gable Moretz. Rob Vino will join us in a couple of moments. we got a full slate. There's something for everybody. You want college football bowl mania? Well, you got it early in the morning. We have an early start, actually, tomorrow morning, especially if you're on the West Coast. That's what it's all about, right? You got the World Cup. Starts at 7 a.m. Uh, we have the uh, the third-place game with Croatia and Morocco, which I don't know. Like, I'm not going to go crazy betting that game. I, I sort of want to bet the over, out of principle, that it's a third place game, and you know, they used to be sort of higher scoring, but it's a big deal to win third place in a world cup. It's not like you know, what I mean, I wouldn't do it personally. I, you know, if you didn't win, whatever, right? But it, it is what it is. You have the third place game, except look, man, I remember when Canada, you know, Canada lost the first two games. It was a big deal for Canada to play just to try to get a World Cup win right? It was like they were like, no, we're playing for something we've never won a World Cup game before right We're trying to win or like Canada tried to win they, they nearly beat Morocco too, but they didn't should have could have would have didn't if ends and uh, butts were candies and nuts. yet ultimately Croatia a very very proud nation as uh, you know that that's what that's what drives them almost everybody's sort of patriotic and stuff but these croatians they play above their body you know they, they're punching above their their weight so to speak like they shouldn't be as good as they are but they are and they're proving it time and time again i mean they made it to the to, to the final last time right so i don't know a lot of people i've heard people say oh, well you know what croatia i don't know like that's the dumbest take ever the croatia aren't gonna care like croatia made it to the final last time and they fell short you think they want to make it to the third place game and fall short now? They want to walk away with something. People, that, that counts. Third place, you're in the book. You know what I'm saying? It's like making the final four. I guess that's the best way of putting it. You know, like in the basketball, it's like a big deal. You're in the final four teams, put banners up for the final four, even if they didn't win. So, yeah, you made the final four, but it's almost like, no, there's a top three. Like, yeah, these, you know what I mean? Those two teams played in the final, and those guys finished in third. Like, they're both going to want to win the match. Right, in Morocco, same thing. Morocco are an incredibly proud nation. They've got like forty thousand fans in these stadiums that hold fifty thousand people. Like they're, they've taken a place over. Croatia have been pretty spirited. Their fans, like I said, they're both going to show up. Matthias, I think you said last night you like Morocco in this game, right? You're taking Morocco.
5: Yeah, game. I'm taking Morocco. I think home field advantage is going to play a, a factor in this game. I think they'll have more energy because of that. And I expect them to win. It's a huge game for them. You know, Croatia's gotten second place before. They've, they've made deep runs into this tournament. But, you know, Morocco's representing a continent right now to get this third place in Africa. And I think they're going to pull it off. It'll be an emotional win for them if they, if, if they do get it.
4: It will be. That's what I'm saying. It'll be emotional for Croatia if they win. Like either, either team's going to be very they, – they both want to win. Croatia are favorites, right? Croatia are plus 125 to win in 90 minutes. Morocco or plus two ten. I think the line is a little whacked. I'd have this game more as a pick 'em. Croatia's age, though, could be an issue. It's level three. This is Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. The Pits, the players, the hustlers, the people to bust them, and everybody else in between. Man, we've got a sports betting palooza coming up in the morning, and we don't even have to wait that long. You want to bet on a college football bowl game? Well, they're playing college football at Fenway Park in Boston in the morning. Louisville and Cincinnati, interesting matchup total is incredibly low. Rob Vino will join us from Philadelphia in a couple of moments. We'll, um, we'll break it down. We'll get his thoughts on the bowl game, talk some NFL football. Indianapolis Colts and the Minnesota Vikings at 1 o'clock Eastern time. Vikings are three-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. You notice the money line won't really come down too much. It's, like in, it's hovering around the minus 200 range. I do think that the Minnesota Vikings are going to cover the point spread in this football game. But I'm going to lay the points, and I'm also going to play the Vikings at a money line parlay with the Buffalo Bills. Um, and we talked about it, it's a pretty nice price, actually. Surprisingly enough, it's plus 100. So Minnesota to beat Indianapolis and Buffalo to beat Miami, plus 100. If you want to throw another football game in here, all right, which college football game is a slam dunk money line play? Right? Cincinnati and Louisville is a pick 'em. Florida and 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 Oregon State. It's an eight point point spread. The Beavers should win this game. Florida, I think Oregon State will win the game. I think Oregon State will win the game, but I don't think they're going to route Florida like uh, everybody thinks they do. the The Washington State Fresno game. I've heard compelling arguments for both sides. To me, the total is the play here at fifty two and a half. But it's not a money line slam dunk that they're going to win. Rice are 5-7 and seven and are only in a bowl game because they're smart <laughs> and they have a good GPA. That's how it worked. They didn't have enough six-win teams for all the bowl spots, so they had to go to a five-win team. And how do they pick a five-win team? They go with a five-win team that has the highest grades. And Rice is a good school, and uh, Rice has the highest grades. Not that Southern Miss is great, but they're better than Rice. I can live with putting Southern Miss in a parlay, but you really want to blow this parlay up. If you want to add a little bit to you throw Southern Miss in a parlay, and it's plus 182. But the Buffalo Bills and the Vikings is plus 100. I do think the Vikings are going to cover. I think the Cleveland Browns are going to get it done against the Baltimore Ravens. And I respect the Ravens, and I don't respect the Browns. I respect John Harbaugh, and I don't respect Kevin Stefanski. But I think this is a good spot for the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson's got two games under his towel. We're breaking it down with Rob
2: Vino. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
4: It down. Sirius XM Channel 159 on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates, including the 50,000-watt juggernaut, the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio, beautiful Southern California in the house, and so is Rob Vino from the city of brotherly love. Wagertalk.com, Rob Vino Sports,
6: uh, dot, dot com. Rob, it's always a pleasure, my man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing good tonight, buddy. Always a pleasure. We begin bowl season, so it's a good time of year.
4: Yeah, bowl mania has begun. And um, one of the numbers was razor sharp. The other one, not so much. Miami, Ohio, and UAB got the party started. And, you know, the, there were some 43 and a half 44s around earlier in the week. It ended up going up to 45-and-a-half. half 24 is the final score from Nassau. And then you look at the Cure Bowl, and the total never uh, never was, you know, never had a chance. 56-and-a-half, 50, uh, 18-12 final score. Troy victorious. How did the Bulls treat you? What were your thoughts on today? Bowl games?
6: Well, I was thoroughly wrong. On the second game over, I thought that Texas, San Antonio, and Troy would get their uh, game. I played it and I even got good value, right? I got 55, so I thought I was in good shape. But, you know, you have a game with, uh, I think they had, what, eight turnovers and only 10 points combined off of eight takeaways. Um, certainly not what you would expect when you're getting the ball and getting in good field positions. I believe there was a spot in the first half where Roy actually started four consecutive drives inside UTSA territory. Couldn't do a thing with him. So um, that one didn't treat me very well whatsoever. But we had a long, long bowl season. I think there's uh, 43 of them in total. So 41 left and a bunch tomorrow.
4: So let's get after it. We've got uh, three NFL games uh, on the card uh, tomorrow as well. But let's start off with the Fenway. Uh, The Fenway Park Bowl here. 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Early start for those of us on the West Coast. Louisville Cardinal laying one and a half right now. Total, an incredibly low, 39-and-a-half. Both these programs are in transition as far as the coaches are concerned. Satterfield, ironically enough, goes from Louisville, takes over at Cincinnati. Luke Fickle takes over um, at Wisconsin. And you've got the Louisville Cardinal who have Jeff Braum coming in, but it'll be Louisville Cardinal legend and former Super Bowl MVP wide receiver Dion Branch. Uh, former New England Patriot will be coaching. But he's never been a coach before. He's the player development uh, director of the of the football program. Very unique, interesting handicap this game, isn't
6: it? Well, it really is because you take both the quarterbacks out of the equation as well. No Malik Cunningham on one side, and then they won't play Ben Bennett on the other side. Um, play calling duties are just a mess on both sides. It's hard to figure, Gabe. There's not a lot of constants. A bunch of running backs missing for one side, a bunch of wide right receivers missing on the other side. So it's going to probably be the least amount of mistakes and the best defense. Um, weather won't be an issue. I thought weather might have been an issue there tomorrow in Fenway, but as I look over the weather report as we come on to do this segment, it doesn't look like the problem. The early start 11 a.m. tomorrow looks like somewhat cold, but not freezing cold. Certainly temperatures around 40 degrees, no wind. I think, you know, down the stretch perhaps, Louisville played a little better, but I think all season long, even though it was a down year for Cincinnati, they were the better team of the two, a little weaker conference, but the better team overall. And they probably have enough to get it done here in this instance. Um, I didn't play it to tell you the truth. I have a hard time playing under thirty nine in this game, even though all the things I just yeah, I described everything, right? No receivers, no backs, no quarterbacks, no play callers, and I still won't play under thirty nine. Um I think probably if I had to play it, I would play Cincinnati. I just think from a full season worth of watching, I think they're probably the better side.
4: I feel the same way. You know what? I think this Louisville program is ascending. I, I love the hire. I love bringing in Jeff Braum. We all knew it was eventually going to happen, so it finally happens. They had a decent year. Their win total was five and a half. They win seven football games, but I think Cincinnati has enough just talent um, to, to, to win this game. And once the kids step on the field, uh, it's going to be for real. Another inter- a bunch of interesting handicaps tomorrow. Let's let's go to the Las Vegas Bowl here with the Florida Gators and and the Beavers. And, you know, I was really in a minority. I wasn't here. All I heard was about people talking about Florida didn't have anybody. And I told people a couple of nights ago, I said, you know, I'm getting 10 and a half points with an SEC team. Miller was a quarterback at Ohio State. Like, it's not like, you know what I mean? It's not a walk on. This isn't, we're pulling guys off the street here. We're talking about SEC you know, four- and five-star recruits, dare I say the backups, and I'm not saying they're better because the Beavers play with a lot of passion and heart, but if we're just talking about from a talent-grade standpoint, the kids, the backups on Florida would be starters on the Oregon State Beavers. I get it. They're without, you know, their secondary is hurt. They're without their best wide receiver. Obviously, the quarterback isn't there, but somebody agrees with me because it's down eight
6: right now. Rob, what's your take? Yeah, and I agree with you, Gabe, and I'm glad I got in at the 10-and-a-half. A Um, couple of things, and again, you know, we're up against it this year in bowl season with the amount of variables that exist. I mean, I've never seen a bowl season where there's this many things going on, this many moving parts make your head spin, trying to watch that transfer portal, trying to <laughs> it watch used to be one coaches. or
4: two guys. Now it's just <laughs> constant, everything. It's like, what? Who's there? He's in, he's out,
6: he's out, he's playing. It's like betting the NBA, Rob. Let's just call it off what it is.
4: <laughs>
6: it's thoroughly out of control at this point. But... um. My initial inclination, game when I saw ten and a half, was there's no way I would pass up Billy Napier, head coach of Florida, with ten and a half points. Billy Napier happens to be in an underdog role, 16 and three against the spread, This last 19 times. I'm a guy who came from the Alabama program with a. To- Louisiana, UL Lafayette, and said he would bring the Alabama culture there. He did, now to Florida. And let's not forget that these games for teams like Florida, despite the losses, um, AR-15 at quarterback and, and all the guys who have um, turned and uh, they're training for the pros now, these are stepping stone games for the spring for a lot of teams. And Napier, at his first recruiting year, a lot of these guys that are going to be involved in this game are playing for Billy Napier Oh yeah!
4: A lot of these guys weren't Napier's guys, Rob. Right? Exactly. They better play hard on the way out. They're going to be replaced.
6: Absolutely. So I think, you know, knowing him and his style over the years, I think you get the full effort out of Florida. I don't think it will be a no-show. As you mentioned, Oregon State's going to show. They always do. And, you know, how many cracks does Oregon State really get to play an SEC team? So I don't doubt their motivation. Yeah. But I just thought ten and a half was too much here. I thought, you know, Napier with that strong track record as a dog and the fact that he'll get his guys to play. I did worry a little bit about Gainesville travel through Las Vegas, but I was advised by a couple of colleagues who – happen to know some a little bit about the Florida alumni I said Florida will travel to Las Vegas I haven't seen the ticket sales yet um, so I'm not positive of that but they assured me that Florida likes Las Vegas and that they'll show there so um, the stands might not be as black and orange as I once thought they were going to be.
4: I thought the exact same thing. I said earlier in the week, I said, they don't want to go to the games in Gainesville now this year, let alone go to the <laughs> – I said, I kidded, Rob. I said, I don't know if they're going to watch it on TV, let alone go. I, said, I-, I-, I baked that into the cake. You know what I'm saying? Like I told people, this will be a Beavers' home game. But it is Las Vegas. It is the SEC. There's Gator alum everywhere. They've got pride. And I got to believe, too, that it's going to come up, that it's going to come to Napier's attention, and he's going to feed it to the kids, that, you know, a Pac-12 team is double-digit favorites against you. A Pac-12, incidentally, conference in his last seven consecutive bowl games hasn't won a bowl game since Justin Herbert and the Ducks beat the Wisconsin Badgers. Um... We got the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. I had cousin Sal on earlier. He's a buddy of ours. And uh, of course, um, you know, part of the Jimmy Kimmel show. So the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, Washington State and Fresno. Well, deja vu all over again, Rob, because here we have another situation. Players are gone. Coordinators are gone. How, you know, we got about a minute here. How critical is that to you that both
6: coordinators aren't there for Wazoo? Right, I'll say this real quick. It's not as concerning to me with Washington State because Jake Dickert, the head coach, he is a former defensive coordinator with this yeah. team, and he's going to call the defense here. The offensive coordinator, Eric Morris, who took the job at North Texas, you know, he came from incarnate word with quarterback Cam Ward. Cam Ward played for Morris for two years. I think that Ward can run the system himself. He's been around it for that long. So they're they're losing some wide receivers, yes. But I love that Washington State defense, Gabe. I don't know what you think of them, but I really like them. They fly around the field. I think they'll be good here in this game. Dickert's a really good motivator. And I'll say this, you know, Fresno beat Boise last game. But Washington State and Boise, pretty comparable until it comes to pass defense, where I think Washington State's the better team. Sure, they got lit up by Washington. I get it. But to that point, It's going to be the second game in a row where uh, the Washington State Cougars get to see Kaitlin DeBoer's offense. They saw it in Washington. They're going to see it, of course, out of Fresno State. That's where uh, DeBoer left his offense. I think they'll do better this time, and I don't think uh, Fresno State has the defensive horses. So I'm I'm going to try Washington State in this game. I know it's uh, against the grain here, but I like Washington State.
4: It's similar, isn't it? People have just sort of... You know, if you listen, to oh, wazoo this, wazoo that. I'm like, okay, their head coach is there. Their quarterback is there. I'm not really sure you guys are panicking because one of the coordinators, uh, the, the, the coordinators are gone. More of on the
2: other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
4: talking football with the great Rob Vino right now, robvinosports.com, wagertalk.com. Follow Rob on Twitter. If uh, Rob hasn't been uh, booted from the platform yet, (laughs) well, you still can. It's okay. You don't track Elon Musk's uh, plane, so neither do I. I think we'll be all right. (laughs) But uh, Rob Vino sports uh, on Twitter. So, Rob, I want to get into the NFL with you, but let's keep it rolling as far as the college is concerned. And just to wrap up the, the Washington state Fresno game, it is interesting, isn't it, when you hear people have conversations about this game you'd think that basically like six kids are showing up for wazoo and uh, basically you know the the student
6: body is actually suiting
4: up for them it's not nearly as bad or people making it out to be
6: no and every game like i say gabe it's why we don't blanket statement anything i mean there are situations where coordinators leave and what's left behind can't really run itself and you you do want to panic but in this instance like i said Cam Ward, the quarterback here, he, he might as well be the offensive coordinator. He knows this offense from incarnate word in Washington State. I don't think they'll have a lot of trouble. I know there's receivers out for Washington State, but I think what people forget in an air raid offense is like wide receiver position goes like eight deep. And, and mostly they're all the same kid, uh, especially when you're at Washington State. So, I think they'll be just fine in that area. They haven't been as dynamic as I thought they would be offensively this year. Maybe it shows up um, tomorrow against Fresno State, but I really like the speed of the defense. And I think that seeing Washington and Michael Penix in that Kalen DeVore offense the first time helps them see it right back here again the second time.
4: The Rice Owls are bowling solely due to the fact that they had the highest GPA and the highest grades (laughs) out of the five-win teams. They haven't really been competitive over the last three games. I mean, they lost by 35-34, and then they did have a close one against uh, UNT north texas but a five win team here listen this is far from a glamorous game all right so we don't need to spend a ton of time on it i want to get to the bills and the dolphins and some other stuff but i wanted to throw that one out there because it's being played and that game takes place at 545 eastern time southern miss laying six and a half total 45 and a half hopefully brett Favre didn't try to steal the band's funds or something (laughs) hopefully like the kids are able to show up And you got smu laying four against byu 64 and a half in that football game and speaking of unt and, and boise they're going head to head on the night cap there uh, broncos laying 10 and a half 59
6: and a half what are your thoughts on the late night bowls uh, on saturday rob well real quick boise i don't know where the interest level would be to go play that game in denton texas whereas if you're north texas and i know seth latrell was fired and of course as i said earlier eric morris coming in The campus of North Texas is 38 minutes from this stadium. So that stadium probably gets dominated by their fans. And in the early bowl season, we know motivation means a lot. So maybe UNT plus points, even though they're not as good as Boise, I get it but maybe the motivation level um, helps them. I think Southern Miss is clearly the better team over Rice. I wish that Southern Miss had shown me more than one time this year out of 11 games against FBS teams that they could score 30. You know, you have to lay six and a half with them. You want something. But Rice has been so brutal, like you said, and they're going to start a true freshman again tomorrow, Austin Padgett at quarterback. The team doesn't even like their head coach, Mike Holmgren, uh, Bloomgren, excuse me, the guy from Stanford. So I think Southern Miss is a little bit on the ascension there. A real good defensive team I would look that. That way, And SMU-BYU, maybe another panic situation. Game. I mean, you and I talk a lot about college football games over and how we like to bet them. I'm glad this thing's come all the way down to 64 because I get Rasheed Rice isn't going to play for SMU and NFL caliber wide receiver for sure. And, and maybe Hall doesn't play quarterback for BYU. But there's probably still more than enough talent on the offenses to get over this number because the defenses are pathetic on both sides. So I think I might lean over in that game with the, as far as the numbers come down right now.
4: Rob Vino throwing it down with us. Excellent breakdown, as always, sir, Rob. Um, it's a football palooza on Saturday. We've got the bowl games, but we've also got a National Football League triple header as well. Are you, what are you making a line move here? Are you surprised that the numbers come down on the Vikings sitting at three and a half right now against the visiting Colts? And I get that people, people are critical of the Vikings. They hate them. They, you know, this, that, and everything else in between. And I don't think that they're going to the Super Bowl. But if we actually take a step back and, you know, and rationally look at things which people don't like to do in today's day and age, they lost to the Philadelphia Eagles in what, week two at Philadelphia. The Dallas Cowboys are a very good football team. And the Detroit Lions have won what? 5 of the last 6 games. And tell you what, they nearly beat the Buffalo Bills on Thanksgiving. So, it's not like they're getting killed by bad teams yet due to the point spread and oh look they're they're, they're underdogs and all oh, and all that. I think people then have a perception that they're terrible when, you know, they went into Buffalo, they beat the Buffalo Bills, right? They smashed in the wing of the Patriots, right? It's not like they lose every game they play in, but when it seems when people, when, when they win, nobody says anything. When they lose, man, they come for these guys. I think we're getting, this is the classic,
6: we're buying the stock low here with the Vikings. Agree or disagree with my take. You know, I I kind of agree, Gabe. I mean, yes, Indy's off of a bye. I get that. But it's mostly these analytics people who are in love with Indianapolis in this game. I mean, if I read one more thing about DVOA and this and that, and the other day about (laughs) –
4: Yeah, you know what Dolva stands for? Dead on arrival.
6: (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Let's get back. I mean, I may be of the older variety, but fundamental matchups still count in these games. And, you know, let's face it. Jeff Saturday's going to come out there, and they're going to run. And if Minnesota can stop the run, and they do have the ability to pass rush, and Matt Ryan hasn't shown me any ability to avoid a pass rush. I mean, I don't know that the uh, Indy quarterback situation is in good hands if they can't run the football here. Um, Now, Minnesota hasn't stopped the run on occasion. That's for sure. We'll see what Indy does with it. But if I look at the other side, I mean, with the receivers and the skill position players that they have, and cousins, and at home off of a loss to the Lions, I mean, just two weeks ago, Minnesota put up 27 against a Jet defense that's far superior to what Indianapolis brings to the table. So I don't get really all the affection for the Colts in this game. The Vikings are still in that race to get a better seed in the playoffs. Here they're hanging on. they ten and three. Forty Nine ers are ten and four. Um, you need to win these games, and they're winnable games at home. So. You know, the hook may be a little bit scary. Minnesota gets involved in close games. I understand that as well, so I wouldn't go out on a limb and say it's a terrific bet to go bet bet the Vikes, but I don't think I'll be on the Colts. I'll say that much.
4: Rob Vino throwing it down with us just for a couple of more moments. Everybody's talking about the Buffalo weather, but uh, there could be a little of inclement weather with Baltimore and Cleveland. Yeah, I think both teams are going to run the want to run the football. I've, you know, there's certain sentences that never end well, and saying that I like the Cleveland Browns this weekend is one of them, right? That's the mistake by the lake, number one. Uh, what's your take on the
6: Browns and the Ravens? Well, I didn't expect J.K. Dobbins to come back with the vengeance that he came back with last week, Gabe. And I really think that changes things for the Ravens when you're sitting there with Tyler Huntley at quarterback. When you can run the football and Cleveland's susceptible defensively to the run, it should help him out quite a bit here. The, The Baltimore passing game leaves a lot to be desired, as does Cleveland. So, like you said, right off the bat, probably gets decided by these offensive lines, by these ground games, and by these defenses Baltimore needs the victory, obviously, tied with the Bengals at 9-4 in that division. And Baltimore at 3-0 and inside the division could actually clinch um, any tiebreaker situation. Go ahead and win this game here. So I think there's a lot of motivation there. I, I give Cleveland a fighting chance, but I just think the Ravens are probably an overlooked side here. you got to love what's happened since Roquan Smith has come over to play defense. Um being Cleveland just doesn't pose that big of a threat. The, the statistical stuff did improve for Watson week two and could improve a little bit here. But if it is bad weather and it goes to the ground, I just think Baltimore is the team I'd rather have my money on in a grinded out contest.
4: And Kevin Stefanski's he's a hard guy to trust to have your money on. I don't think it's discussed enough, especially in division games. He's been a money burner. Rob, we've got about two minutes left here. The Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins are going head-to-head uh, in western New York. There's a lake effect snow warning uh, going on right now as we speak. The lake effect snow warning will remain in effect until uh, Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Uh, snow expected, total snow accumulations of 10 to 18 inches. What do you make of this? Listen, I've been, you know, I said people always love to talk about the weather and stuff, but I brought up the point that, listen, the weather was fine in San Francisco two weeks ago and Miami got pushed around and lost, right? The weather was fine in the dome last week in Los Angeles and they lost the football game. Quite frankly, they're just not playing very good football right now, but. Man, those Bills point spreads are sharp, aren't they, Rob? They're always right around the number. You notice every Bills game, and the Bills are a public team right now. Like, if there's a game, if there's a team, and there's games that the oddsmakers want to get right, it's the Bills because a lot of people are betting the Bills nowadays. What's your take on the on the nightcap?
6: Yeah, and, and this line is is weird, right? And I don't—I'm not one of those people that comes on and says, "Oh, you know, this line is fishy," so I like this. I don't, really don't care about fishy, but what I care about is that. You know, game opens seven and a half, goes to seven, and sits at seven. And all we hear all week long is, in fact, well, let's, let's start with what you said. Terrible against San Francisco two weeks ago was Tua and the passing game. Worse than terrible last week was Tua and the passing game against the Chargers backup secondary. I mean, they got reserves running around the defensive backfield. Nobody can get open. Tua can't hit a pass. They're playing really, really bad. So we're hearing about how bad Tua is. How we can't play in less than 50 degrees. He's going to be a disaster. Miami lives on offense, not a good defense whatsoever. And yet the line on Buffalo hasn't moved. There's no sharp group out there betting Buffalo up in snowy conditions. No, you know, exactly. Go for the snow. Um, we got to admit it now, Rob. Just for the I'm record, I won think- late. No. Yeah, and real quick, I think Buffalo's the right side, Gabe, despite the lack of line movement here. I just think they're the better team on both sides of the football, especially in these conditions in this situation.
4: And, Rob, is there one game in, like, 30 seconds that I didn't get to in the NFL uh, that you want to share with us on the way out?
6: I'll go real quick here with this one, Gabe. I just think that New Orleans is probably correct against Desmond Ritter. I think they'll let that defensive line loose against him. I think he'll probably be a little bit confused uh, on Sunday. So, Saints, it's moved to minus four. I think the Saints probably a good side on Sunday.
4: Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, uh, Rob. It's always a pleasure, my man. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. I always enjoy it. The listeners do as well. Great insight as always, Rob.
6: Good luck this weekend, Gabe. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure.
3: Reese, you did it! You stumped this charming devil.
0: tomorrow night on fox's celebrity boxing i've got carol channing beating mike tyson in three rounds carol channing you've got carol channing the actress beating mike tyson the boxer hell give me 50 bucks on tyson yeah you're in good company betting freddie took the same wager we're
4: ready to bet there's a lot of stuff to bet on, too. I'll tell you that. I'm sort of putting things together like a mad scientist uh, here. And here's a, you know, we're talking about the uh, the third-place game in the World Cup. It's going to be a close game. I don't think either team's going to get uh, get run off the pitch here. One thing I want to say, I see people talking about in our chat and this and that, about, oh, like, Morocco wanted and this and that. Everybody wants it. Like, it's the dumbest thing ever, that stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, they're gonna want it because they're, oh, they're playing for this. They're gonna want this. Everybody wants something, <laughs> right? It's the same thing of like, all right, if two teams pray before the game to God, does someone have an advantage? Oh, well, let's pray. All right, the other team's praying too. So you know what I mean? You know, the teams. It's like whatever. You know, like the weather stuff. I know that it's all good talking points and you know what I mean some of it there's something to it sometimes, but for the most part, players win games. Who's the better team? Someone's gonna make a play, someone's gonna make a mistake. You know what I mean? Like this this crowd stuff and weather stuff and all this other stuff. Oh, they're playing for the Muslims, they're playing for the you know, they're playing for that, you know? Whatever. Yeah, Qatar were playing for their home nation. They got run off the you know, they got run off the pitch every game. You know, the same thing with, like, oh, the building's going to be rocking. Ralph Olson Stadium in Buffalo has been rocking for 60 years. They've never won a Super Bowl, have they? It rocks in the dog pound in Cleveland, doesn't it? It's pretty cool. They're, they're pretty loud. They're pretty crazy. They suck. Loud fans. Like, what do you think? Does some fat guy with a dog mask on in the end zone makes a difference what's going to happen on the field? You know, I heard Steve Young talk about this yesterday, and were talking about how Brock Purdy all oh, the noise in Seattle. That noise crap's the stupidest thing ever. Too, every time, like the fans just want to, you know, I've said this before. Fans want to feel important, right? You you want to feel like when you're yelling, you're having an impact and stuff, but you're really not. You know, we saw it had zero effect on things uh, when the pandemic happened. Right when the stand when the, when the stadium was empty. Buffalo Bills are good when a stadium was empty. They're good when there's fans there. Whatever. Right? Like it didn't change anything. Like, you know, like we talk about it's like salary caps. You are who you are. Right? Oh, salary caps gonna save. what do salary caps save? The Detroit Lions never made it to a Super Bowl. They suck when there was no salary cap, they suck when there's a salary cap. The Cleveland Browns never made it to a Super Bowl. They suck without a salary cap, they suck with a salary cap. Oh, the salary caps really helped the Arizona Cardinals out. The, Arizona, the Cardinal organization has never been good. I could go on, right? That's another all oh, the salary, all oh, the small market, oh, the baseball, small market. There are no small markets in baseball. There are no small markets in baseball. Every baseball team has money. You choose whether you want to spend the money or not, or just fake it and cry about it after. But nobody really knows anything, right? Then they'll blame the player. Oh, the player's overpaid. Yeah, you know the owner has like three hundred eighty million dollars in profit, right? That he's not spending. But let's blame Le'Veon Bell. Right? Like, you know, the owners have set that, that, that up and you get people, Oh, I work for $15 an hour. I do this. What? Because you're not talented. It right? doesn't mean you're not a good person, but it means nobody cares about your skill. You don't have any skill that anybody wants to pay for. That's why you don't make any money. So you can't compare yourself. I hate that's another thing that bothers me. When Joe six pack calls in, you know, oh, you know what? I drive a truck or I work in a factory and you know, you should be lucky. You work in a factory because you don't have a skill that somebody is willing to pay you millions of dollars for he does and if you had the skill you would want more money too you don't right like there people live in this sort of all oh, you know it's this it's not fair whatever life's not fair betting's not fair wasn't fair that i lost the total tonight in the bet but i did <laughs> it's a cold world oh i do this I do, who cares all right whatever all these talking points. Oh, it's a look ahead spot. The look ahead. Here's another stupid one. I swear to God, I'm gonna I'm gonna write a I'm gonna write a list of these things. I have like 20 of these like talking points that just drive me crazy. Look ahead. Players don't know who they're playing this week, let alone next week. Like honestly, like you really think players are sitting at home looking at schedules? It's a job. They play the damn game, and they show up to practice. They're told, this is what we have to do this week. I'm telling you. you know, I said, like, half the guys in the league don't know who they're playing until Wednesday. Wednesday is the day that it begins. They begin to prep for the next team, right? Monday is they watch the game from Sunday, right? Monday's the, the film day. And the recovery day. No, you're not doing anything on Monday, right? You're beat up. So they basically have to show up, watch the tape, watch the game, get called out for all their mistakes, win or lose. And uh, Tuesday is an off day. NFL players aren't allowed to work. It's their union. That's their off day on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, they show up. And Wednesday, the coach tells them, all right, this is the game plan for this week. This is what I want you to do. I was buddies with a football player. He wasn't a star player, but he was good. You know, he was a fullback. And I remember I asked him for a pick once. I said, "What do you think about this game? You played them and stuff like that." And he told me, "He goes, I don't watch football. He goes, I don't even like football." And I said, "What do you mean you don't like football?" And he goes, "Dude, it's a job." And, and he goes, "I'm just good at it." <laughs> That's what he said. He goes, "He goes, it's kind of easy." He goes, "He goes, dude." He goes, "I don't really do anything." he goes it's kind of easy he goes they tell me i block for running backs right he goes i put my head down and i push people and they tell me which direction to go he goes i know what plays they run (laughs) and it was funny he goes but i don't like it like he goes it's just a job um like a lot of guys are like that it's different like baseball you have to like it nobody's going to be good at baseball without like putting all their effort into it you know what i mean you can't hit a baseball without putting thousands of hours. Like nobody's naturally like can say, Oh, I don't even like baseball, but I hit fifty home runs a year. Football and, and basketball is different. Football is even a little bit. Football players like it a little more, but a lot of the big dudes think about it, guys. Like, if you're some like everyone, you we all think the same thing. What do you think, Matthias, when you see some dude walking down the street that's like massive, like seven two or something? What's the first thing that pops up to your mind? Well, this guy should be playing basketball, right?
5: Yeah, it depends it's the on the first day. thing, but usually it's, yeah, he, he must have played yeah. something.
4: Either no, but everyone thinks, well, you should play basketball because yeah, yeah. you're tall. And same thing, if you're some big dude, unless you're going to end up being a bouncer at a strip club, right, you're some big dude in high school, you're, you know, you're the big kid, you're the big fat kid, and you know what I mean, whatever, you're 300 pounds and everyone else isn't, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Girls aren't going to like you, right? No, no, you know what I mean? You're just a fat kid and i don't want to be cold i'm just being real here next thing you know you're not a fat kid you're the star tackle on the football team <laughs> right so like i'm telling you like i've spoken of i spoke to uh, a coach about this i sp- I've spoken to i spoke to an nba coach about this once and he was the one telling me that but i was asking about like passion. we were talking about passion in the game and he basically said he goes dude he goes if you're seven2 or whatever and you're not big he goes you really don't have a choice but to play basketball you have a chance to make money he goes you don't really necessarily have to like it right you'll notice like a lot of the really big dudes don't like it. you always look unhappy and stuff you'll notice a lot of the really big dudes that play basketball they're not really they don't look like they're enjoying it because they're not <laughs> right they're not there because they like it they're there because whatever they don't have a choice they're seven four what are you gonna do if you're 74 you gonna be a jockey you gonna be an F1 driver? All right, fine. Be an engineer. You don't have to play sports, but you're almost wasting it. It's like, listen, kid, even if you don't like it, you know what I mean? It's almost like being a musician, but you don't like your songs, which happens a lot, right? Where someone's like, I don't even like this music, All right? You know what I mean? Listen, Marty Friedman's a great guitarist. The guitarist of Megadeth. Not in him anymore, man. The guy's amazing, right? He used to play with, uh, with Jason Becker and, like, uh, Cacophony and Cacophony like, You know, the guy's like a... S- crazy metal shredder right he's one of the best metal guitarists in the history of the world that guy marty freeman and he was in megadeth and it's interesting he basically said that he didn't like it he basically said i didn't like he goes i used to play in megadeth he goes man we'd sell out like an arena and stuff and he goes i'd just go to my room and listen to like pop music after to like get it out of my head (laughs) he's like he finally quit and moved to japan he lives in japan now playing like japanese pop music Right, so he didn't like it, right? But he and he basically said that he goes, "Man, I was making a lot of money doing it, right? Like, you're the guitarist to make it. That's, you're playing every night. You're raking in the money. It's you know, it's a job. It's a job, right? And so sports very, very similar. But I will tell you what, Matthias, when it comes to the World Cup final, they're not playing. That's not about the money. <laughs> like, this ain't a job. This, this is the real deal. You're playing for a legacy." And, you know, it's pretty much been said, we talked about the legacy before, but I'm seeing everyone say the same thing, that a Messi win puts them alongside Maradona and Pele. So it seems to be that, like, Pele and Maradona are the two guys that people talk about amongst the greatest, right? And Messi's right there. Messi, Messi's, you know, Messi's better than those guys as a player, let's be real, but you've got to win, right? You can't be called, you know what I mean? It's part of the deal. Like, it's just... you got to win the championship to be... You know, to get the ring. (laughs) To to lift the trophy. It's part of the deal. I'm really excited for this. Just for the record, France will be wearing an all-blue kit on Sunday. They're shaking it up. The same all-blue kit, Matthias, that they wore when they won in 2018, the World Cup. They're busting it out again. And also... A little, Just a little bit of tid, little, little little interesting note that they couldn't wear white shorts. Um, it would have clashed with Argentina's white shorts. So France France often wears the blue shirt with the white shorts and the red socks to go with their flag, right? But uh, they're mixing it up. They're going all dark blue uh, with this game. And it is the dark blue. It's the same, basically, they're, they were talking about. It. They like this uniform. They have good memories of it. So they're busting this uniform out. Matias, you guys will be wearing your traditional uniform.
5: Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we're wearing that V. gave the white and the blue. I'm glad we're not going in the in the purple. Uh, I don't like don't yeah. wearing the away kits on the big. Don't game you guys have black
4: life. shorts too, though?
5: Yeah, we do, but we're wearing the white, blue, and the white and the argentina socks i actually have my kit ready laid out on my bed i got my uniform <laughs> so you're my gonna wear the on kit when you're
4: in match you're gonna put the socks it. on really I absolutely
5: full out i got the flag <laughs> i got the kit I'm, I'm good to go gabe i'm good to go you put I, cleats I, I, on
4: too you're gonna walk around in
5: cleats Adidas. Nah, nah, click nah, clank click click clank clank clank, 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 clank,
4: clank. Yeah. Nah, might that'd be great click clank, clank clank
5: <laughs> my, I got to break those new cleats in, Gabe. You know, the, the, the good old silver plate's gone, Gabe. I can't fit in those shoes anymore. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's why no, You're ready, putting Gabe. the socks on. You yeah, have up to your knees and everything for you. Uh, <laughs> you
5: yeah. be all ready. It's, it's going to be a cold morning, Gabe. You know, it's going to be nice and, and, and chilly in and, and the West Coast at that time. So, yeah. It won't I'm be a my, guitar. <laughs> no, I definitely won't be a guitar. No, I'm you guys are trying to poison you know, the, the French. A goal. I'm telling hey, Messi? you right now, Messi's going to score a free kick, Gabe. Cash that right now. Free Messi kick goal? Messi free kick in this game. Absolutely. I'm feeling it. He's due up. He's due up.
4: Let's see if there's an, a, a prop for that. There might not be Messi free kick, but, like, like, will there be a free kick? Like, usually there's a prop there. Will there be a header? All right, I put a parlay together, though, guys. That's how it all started. Morocco plus one and a half. Minnesota Vikings money line, Buffalo Bills money line, plus 140. That sounds like a winner. Morocco plus one and a half. Vikings money line, Bills money line. Bring it.
3: nobody wants to hear the nonsensical
4: ravings of a loud mal- malcontent we are the a loudmouth malcontent all right it's a three-minute warning you got to follow me on twitter at sports i post videos i post tweets a bunch of pics so much stuff going on let's uh first things first give me the cincinnati bearcats in the morning to beat louisville in the fenway bowl Um, give me Cincinnati to beat Louisville in the early morning college football game. I'm going to put Morocco plus one and a half. You got to lay a lot of juice, like minus three thirty or something like that. Plus one and a half, 300. Right. So, but I think it's, you know, listen, Morocco, if they, if we lose, we lose. I don't think Morocco will lose by more than two goals though. Um, Should be a close game. So I'm going to take Morocco plus one and a half. And I got Minnesota Vikings money line, Buffalo Bills money line. In a parlay. That pays plus 140. College basketball. Man, what a day of college basketball in the morning. Give me the Kansas Jayhawks in the morning. Uh over Indiana. I think that game will go over 143. I like Alabama to beat Gonzaga. I think Houston and Virginia are going to go over the 112 and a half. I like UCLA to beat Kentucky. And uh, like I said, follow me on Twitter. At Sports Rage, I'll have more college basketball picks. World Cup on Sunday, two-one France, two-one France, and you know what? I'm starting to feel extra time, Matthias. I could, I you know what? Not shootout, not penalty kicks, but I, I, I don't know. I, I'm sort of coming back to this, so that would actually be a draw after ninety, but. I think France are going to lift the trophy. I know you're feeling more confident. What's your final score prediction, Matias, for Sunday morning's game of the century?
5: 2-1 Argentina. 2-1 Argentina. In 90? Time. Vamos, Mamos In 90, plus 175.
4: Let's go. All right. Enjoy the game. Best of luck. I know you're all fired up and excited. I'm fired up, and I'm excited. The late-night anger management class has come to a close. Thanks to all of our guests. Follow me on Twitter. We're going to have a million picks over the weekend. Other than that, you're on your own. Reese's
1: Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh,
3: Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.